0: Man, what a good-looking crowd today at the 11 o'clock this morning that you guys are here. Thank y'all for ending the year with us today. Um, my daughter on the way here was actually scolding me a little bit. I'm going to let you into my uh, my life. She was she was mad at me, y'all, like for real mad at me because we didn't have two services today. She was mad, and she goes, but we're going back to two next week, right? And I was like, yeah. She goes, because there's more people that need to come to church than just one service. like... Hey, you better, listen, that's, that, I guess I raised her okay if, you know, so far. Um, no, I'm so glad that you're here. Please make note that next week is 9:30 and 11. Our brand new service times uh, begin next Sunday right here at Radiate Church. You have uh, several of these on each seat. Grab these, grab as many as you can, many as you can hold. Give them out all week long. We want to invite as many people as possible to come back and be with us next Sunday as we start a brand new series um start fast finish strong and we have a gift for everybody that's going to be here next week too it's going to be an amazing time but start fast finish strong because one of the things that we do a lot of times in the new year is we'll start really fast you ever done that you start like really quick and you maybe you're running or you're doing something you start fast but then by the end of it you're like I'm dead I'm laying down and I'm not finishing this thing right and so we do that a lot in in our lives in the new year and we don't want to do that what we want to do is we want to start fast but we want to we want to finish strong as well. And so we're going to talk about what that means and what that looks like um, starting next week. And then, uh, so if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles today, we're going to, we're going to jump right in. It's going to be a little different today. Uh, we're going to have another worship song at the end of the message today. We're going to close out with that. Giving is on the way out. We got communion today. There's going to be some altar time. But I felt like really led to honestly go ahead and get kind of a start on the Start Fast, Finish Strong. I'm going to start fast on this series. Uh, I I felt like I needed to go ahead and get one week out of the way with you guys today. So if they come next week expecting, you're getting a bonus episode. You ever seen a a TV show that has bonus episodes and stuff like that? You're getting a bonus episode today. And we're going to be in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19 is where we're really going to hang today for most of the day uh do we have any people that fly around here anybody fly take flights places maybe some more than others right i i like flying my brother freaks out about flying he's he's not a a flight we got anybody that enjoys flights flying okay anybody that hates it like it scares you to death all right all right cool my brother's like that like he'll text me and he's like hey been nice knowing you love you (laughs) Every flight. Y'all, I'm not kidding. Every single flight. He goes, hey, it's been real. It's been good. It's been real good. Tell the kids I love them. Uh, Just take care of my kids when I'm gone, right? That's literally what he does. And I'm like, dude, just sit back, put in some headphones, watch a movie, and chill out. It's fine. Um, I love to fly. I don't know why I love to fly, but I love to fly. But one of the things that I hate about flying is the fact that, first of all, I pack way too much when I go places. Like, I'm that guy in my life. Uh, to where I pack a lot. So when I pack a lot, you know what you have to do. Whenever you check a bag in, you have to go to the counter, and it has to get what? has to get weighed, right? It has to get weighed, and it has to get checked in, and they have to know how much that bag weighs, right? So my wife and I were flying to a a pastor's and spouse's retreat that somebody uh, sent us on, uh, you know, back a couple months ago, and she checked her bag in, and they put it on this scale. And it's this digital scale. Digital scales don't lie. It's this digital skill. They put it on there, and I, hear, I wasn't paying attention. I was just checking us in with our license and our, our passports and all that stuff, right, or whatever. It wasn't passport, but license and all that stuff, right? And, and so we get in there, and I hear my wife go, shh, don't tell him. <laughs> and any time you hear that, immediately, you're going to be like, what are you talking about right now? And so I look over there, and y'all, her bag was like one pound away from where they had to charge extra to pull it, put it on the plane. I was like, "Babe, we're going somewhere for 3 days." 3 days. Like I pack a lot, but you've got you packed the biggest suitcase we had to the max. This is crazy. And so we go on that, and why do they check that stuff in? You know why they check it in. Number one, they want to make more money. But number two, they want to make sure there's no unchecked or unnecessary weight on the plane because they have to know exactly how much weight is going to be on the plane uh, for luggage because if they don't know that, then they can't account for it, and it may, fi- it may figure into their, their fuel cost. It may figure into how they land or when they land or when they descend or when they... You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that go into it. And here's what I just kind of felt like I needed to get out there for us today is that I don't think... I think we need to check some baggage today. We need to check not just our baggage in, but check our weight. Like, make sure that what we're carrying is what we actually need to be carrying. And we're not carrying some unchecked, unnecessary weight on the flight to the next level with God with us. Because part of the problem is as many times we complain that we don't get where we want to be with God. We, you know, the new year brings new challenges, new ways, new seasons, right? We, we're all at the, the gyms are going to have all new memberships come in a couple weeks, right? The gyms will also have a mass exodus come February, right? Because we'll start fast, but we won't finish strong. Because we, don't have un, we have unnecessary weight going with us that it's not the fact that we don't want to get healthy. It's the fact that our confidence doesn't know how to handle that. Or whatever the weight is in the past hurt and the past pain. And so what I want to talk about today in 1 Kings chapter 19 is the fact that there may be in our lives, in your life and in my life, there may be some unchecked weight, some unnecessary weight that we are carrying. And the Lord, I believe, is saying to some of us today, If you want to go to the next level, you got to drop some things out of your life in order to get to where I need you to go in 2020. And it's not, hear me, it's not just bad things. I heard that very clearly as I was preparing. It's not just, some of us have very good things that have become idols in our lives because we're worshiping the good season instead of trying to push towards the next season. Are you with me? Maybe you got a promotion this year that was great for you and your family. The problem is, is now it's become your idol. And now that you've got that, everything is all and common. Maybe you found a relationship this year that you've been praying for, and now that's your idol. Maybe you found a thing. Whatever it is, I just feel like there's some bad and some good things that we have to check at the counter before we get on the flight to the next level in order to see what God actually has for us. And I don't know if you're ready for this. I don't know what's going to happen. I've just said, God, this is yours. This is not mine. Because the thing is, is the kingdom is administered in levels. The kingdom is administered in levels. It's administered in, in movement. Nowhere in the Bible do you see people growing with the Lord, staying the same. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. In fact, the more they grow with the Lord, the more they change. And if you watch, the more they change. If you go and study some of the characters in the main stories of the Bible, you go and you see that not only do they change, but the people around them change. The way they interact with people changes. The way they lead changes. The way they love changes. Everything changes because hear me today. You cannot truly be committed to the Lord and stay the same. It's impossible. I can't struggle with the same things I've always struggled with and be growing closer to the Lord. I have to be staying plateaued in a certain place in order to still struggle with the same things I've struggled with. Wow. And some people are like, hey, that doesn't, you're telling me that I can't struggle and be close to the Lord. No, I'm telling you, you can't grow to the next level with the Lord and still be held back by things five levels behind. Are you with me? Yeah. Unchecked, Unnecessary baggage that's why things have to shift that's why friendships have to shift that's why a mindset that's why in romans it says this to be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind so that your mind has to be made new again and then you will be able to know what the good pleasing and perfect will of the lord is in other words paul is saying this you won't really even know what the will of the lord is for your life until your mind completely shifts and your mind won't shift until you get to a place where you're growing with the lord and so we got to come to this thing to where we got to decide at the end of this year. And today's that day because I believe that you're here because God's kind of giving you this crossroad moment. To say, yeah, I, I got to shift some things or no, I'm good staying where I'm at. I'm good using you as a get-out-of-hell-free card like I'm playing Monopoly with my life. I'm good doing this. I'm good doing that. I need this. I need that. And the truth of the matter is, like we talked about last week and Christmas, Christmas in Elgin, the the reality is he made room for you on his family tree. He made room for you in his family tree. He made room for you in the family of God. Why? Because he wants us to get closer to him. He wants us to grow with him. He wants us to go to that next place. And the thing is, is if you're breathing today, if you're in here and you're breathing today, if your neighbor that you can't stand is breathing today, if your child is breathing today, anybody you know is breathing today, hear me today, it's because there's an opportunity to grow closer to God today. Good. It's an opportunity. Because most people think I live to be saved, and then when I'm saved, I have no other work to do. It's not about work. It's about drawing closer to the one that loves us. It's about giving him everything we've got because he loves me. John tells me this, that I love him because he first loved me. Because before I gave him my affection, he gave me his life. I get to love him because he first loved me. So I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 19 today as we kind of get into this thing. And I want to read verses 19 through 21 with you. And we're going to to break it up a little bit. And we're going to to go through the story of Elisha over the next five weeks, including today and, and all this stuff. But I just want to read these two, three verses to you today. It says this. It says, So... He departed from there and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was, uh, uh, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him and and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. Think about this for a second. So Elisha is literally plowing a field. He's got his his Troy built tiller out there, he's, he's plowing a field, right? And he's getting the rows up and he's plowing what he needs to plow and he's doing what he needs to do. Why? Probably to sow some seed and to reap a harvest on the other end and all this stuff's taking place. And this prophet named Elijah was told by God to go find Elisha. Their names always mix me up. Just know Elisha is the successor and Elijah is the predecessor. And so Elijah was told by God to go find Elisha at this field. And so when Elijah shows up, Elijah shows up and Elisha is just plowing this field. He's just working his tail off, probably sweating. He's got oxen out there pulling the plow and he's making sure they're going where they need to go. Keeping the rows straight, doing what he needs to do. And and it goes and, and, and the story continues on and we're going to read down through uh through the rest here in just a minute, but I wanted to stop here because I wanted you to know and see something really, really powerful in verse 19. That Elijah did not find Elisha on a platform. Elijah did not find find Elisha on a stage. He did not find Elijah on YouTube, on social media, with with a microphone. I know you guys are like, well, they didn't have all that then. No, Elijah, the prophet, found Elisha while Elisha was working the season that he was in. Elisha wasn't trying to create some recognition. He wasn't trying to make a name for himself. He wasn't trying to get everybody to see him, to make him think everything's okay. Elisha was simply plowing the field. He had been called to plow. Here's what I believe that some of us need to learn today. And what I need to learn today is the season that I'm called to is the season I'm called to plow. And when it's time for God to find me, he'll find me in the season that I'm supposed to be in, not the season I want to be in. Maybe many of us are mad that God hasn't found us with the favor that we want and the provision that we want and the blessings that we want. And it's because we're sitting in a season that he never put us in. We we try to earn our way in. We try to look for his placement. We try to look for, hey, God, look at me. I'm doing good. I'm doing these things that you never called me to do. While they're good, God, you never asked me to do any of that stuff. And God's looking for you in a season that you're, not suppo- that you're supposed to be in while you're working in a season that you're not. Are you following me today? And I just believe that there's something powerful whenever the prophet shows up to find Elisha. He doesn't go anywhere except where God shouldn't. How many mantles have been cast on someone else's shoulders simply because they were working the season they were supposed to be in while we weren't? Let me, let me ask it this way. How often do we try to earn somebody's recognition rather than try to earn obedience? How often do we try to get somebody to look at us with a smile and with an, an accepting face and with a heart of, hey, you're doing great, I'm proud of you, and we're working for those words rather than for God to look at us at the end of our life and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You worked the season I put you in. The season's changed. Everything's shifted. But you sweated when you should sweat. You plowed when you should plow. You sowed when you should have sown. You reaped when you should have reaped. And you worked when you should have worked. But I found you in the season that I, was put, I put you in because you were obedient. Hear me today. The Bible says it like this, that sacrifice is important. Sacrifice is greater. Sacrifice is the ultimate thing. Many of us, hear me today, including me. I'm talking to me too. Maybe we've gone through 2019 and we're asking God where we missed it. And God's going, you didn't miss it. You just didn't plant your feet in the field that you were supposed to be in. Please hear me. Are we in the field we're supposed to be in? Are we planting our feet where we really feel like we're called to be? Are we going, hey, this is my church and I'm planting my feet and I'm serving my God and my community through this church. Are we going, hey, I'll I'll see. We'll see. When it's hard, when it's difficult, when it's tough. Or are we going, hey, this is my husband and this is my wife and I'm going to plant my feet in the hard times and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to sow and I'm going to plow and I'm going to reap and all this stuff. I'm going to do all these things right here in my marriage, but we're too concerned about somebody else's marriage. We're in somebody else's season, not our own. Guys, are you with me today? Are we in the season God's called us to be in? Because every season looks different. And it doesn't even mean if you're in the wrong season that you're a wrong person or you're a bad person. It just means sometimes we miss God's voice. Sometimes we got to make the decision. No, this is what I'm going to commit to because this is what I'm called to. Now, season shift. Ecclesiastes tells us that everything under the sun has a season. Everything has a season. That means everything moves and everything changes and everything shifts and everything looks different. You may be a leader today and a a volunteer tomorrow or you may be a volunteer today and a leader tomorrow or you may be this and you may be that. You may climb the court. I don't know what seasons look like, but here's what I do know. God won't find me in somebody else's season. He finds me in the season I'm supposed to be in. Are you with me today? I love that part of verse 19. And then if you if you go, I want to give you this thought. It's going to come on the screen. I want to give you this thought. It's this, that God finds the faithful. God finds the faithful. Hear me today. I just want to give you this thought on this one, 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 one statement. <clears throat> Stop trying to earn everybody else's approval while you're throwing your, God's obedience out the door. If you earn everybody else's approval, but you, but you reject God's, then you actually have no approval at all. Hear me today. It's not their approval that gets you into the kingdom. It's not their sacrifice that gets you into forgiveness. It's not their acceptance of what you're doing that allows you to fulfill purpose. It is God's. It is God alone. It is Jesus on the cross with blood flowing down and pulling up in the dirt. It is God believing in you. It is God giving you purpose. It is not them smiling at you. It's him reaching up and grabbing your hand and saying, let's go to another level. It's not them holding on to your baggage. It's him taking your baggage. It is God every sense of the word. And God finds the faithful when we're faithful, when we're obedient. God will be there. God will see us. God will bless us. God will us. favor us and we will walk into eternity with him and hear this. I'm not saying God will bless you and favor you today because you may not get the fullness of your blessing until eternity happens. So don't live for today, tomorrow's favor. Don't live for tomorrow's paycheck. Don't live for God to send you this ultimate blessing today. We are faithful to God because I get eternity with him. Not because I get tomorrow. Not because I get next week. Not because he gives me a big fat paycheck. But simply because he gave me a big fat family called the kingdom of God to live with. That's where it's at. God finds the faithful. Let's keep, let's keep reading Verse 20 and 21. It says... So he found him, and Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. The mantle was significant. The mantle was was symbolic of of the anointing and the the calling on Elisha's life. Verse 20, he said, he left the oxen, and he ran after Elijah. And he said, please, let, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. How many times have we ever looked at God? And we said, hey, I know you want me to do something. I know this is what you want me to do, but let me go get everything in order before I go do it. And here was Elijah's response to him. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? In other words, what have I, you're about to miss out on God's call in your life. You're about to miss out on the greatest blessing you've ever had. You're about to miss out on it all. And you want to go back? Hear me in verse 21. So he returned from following him. So Elijah told him, All right, go. But you're going to miss it if you stay too long. So he returned from following him and he took the pair of oxen and he sacrificed them and he boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and he gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. Here's why Elijah let him go back. Because Elisha had to sacrifice everything that he was in order to become everything that he would be. Remember what he was doing when Elijah found him. He was plowing a field with oxen and with a wooden plow. And so Elisha looks at Elijah and he says, let me go get rid of what I was now. I'm I'm not going back to to walk away from the call. I'm not going back, you know, because Elisha's like, Elijah's like, you're going to walk away from it all. Elijah's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go back and I'm going to get rid of everything that I was so that I can go forward. In other words, let me burn my past so that I can go into my future. And here's what I just continually hear the Lord say to me. And I just felt like it needed to be in this setting as well. Is that some of us need to sacrifice 2019 in order to enjoy 2020. I, I, I just believe Elisha, I love what Elisha did here. He went back, he killed the oxen, all that stuff. You guys are like, that's nasty. Well, that's the culture of the day. That is what it was. He killed the the oxen and he took the wood from the plow. He built a big fire and he boiled and he cooked the oxen. And please pick up what happened. He fed the village off of his past. There is never anything that can ever happen in your life that won't be used to fill somebody else hear me. It, it, it was Elisha going, this was fine and this season was good and I was faithful in the field and I was faithful plowing and I was faithful with my father and my mother and my family and I was doing all those things. There was nothing bad about that season in my life. In fact, I'm going to take everything about who I was and I'm going to use it to feed people that I'm connected to and he, and he fed them and then it says he moved forward. How many times do we need to get some unchecked, unnecessary weight off of our back and we need to sacrifice it and allow the less lessons that we learned in that moment to feed everybody around us rather than sit on the pity train and feel bad about where we've been yeah i know because here's what i know here's what i know 2019 some of you are sitting in the room going this was my best year ever I made more money than I've ever made. I have new friends. I found a church. All this amazing stuff took place. I got engaged. All this stuff. Pastor Chris got engaged this year. Y'all give it up for Pastor Chris. He's like, where did that come from? All this stuff. Like, this is the greatest year of my life. I love 2019. While the person next to you is going, I hate 2019. I wish 2019 never would have happened in my life. It's hard. It's difficult. I lost people that loved me. I lost, lost people that I love. I lost things. I lost money. I lost jobs. I lost stuff. I lost reputation. I went through attacks. I went through this. I went through that. All, everybody has a different perspective of the year based on what we went through. And so here's what I know. Some of us need to look at the stuff whenever we go, 2019, I wish you never would have happened. We need to take that. We need to chop it down into burnable wood. We need to set that thing on fire and take everything that could have been a lesson out of it and let it feed everything around us. And then some of us need to be careful because we're sitting back going, 2019 was the best year ever. I'm just going to do the same thing I did this year. That's called comfort and complacency. And in my opinion, in reading the Bible and studying the kingdom of God, I believe that is the antithesis of the kingdom of God. In other words, that's the complete opposite of the kingdom of God. God doesn't want you complacent. God wants you moving. In fact, I believe God would rather you take a big risk and fail than to sit back and do nothing. I really do. I see it all throughout the Bible. But here's the thing, like every one of us have got to decide what am I willing to do to go where I need to go? Will 2020 be my best year yet? I could sit up here and I could spout off garbage and I could tell you how great it's going to be and this is your year of favor and everything you pray in the name of the Lord is coming your way and if you sow this seed, it's going to happen. And that may be true in some situations. But I can't sit here and say that as a corporate body, but what I can sit up here and I can very confidently look you in the eye and tell you is I believe the Lord is looking at us and saying this, 2019 gave you lessons that will make you better and make everybody around you better, but 2020 will not be anything that you think that it can be until you get rid of some of the things from 2019. So we check, check the weight. So there's a couple questions like what in our current season could feed others and help them grow? What did you learn over the past 12 months? What did I learn over the past 12 months that could help me get better than I've ever been in my life? What can I sit down and go, this is is what I need to work on. This is what I need to do. I learned this in 2019 about myself. I learned this in 2019 about my leadership. I learned this in 2019 about my family. I learned this in 2019 about you, about me, about whatever that's going to help me become better. And now here's the thing. Here's what most of us do most of us will hear something like that we'll hear a good practical word we'll come to church we'll amen we'll clap we'll go oh that was a good pastor a good word good sermon pastor was on it today and then we never do anything with what we heard we walk out and we're the same sunday night as we were saturday night we're the same monday morning as we were last monday morning you follow me And we don't do anything. I believe that for us to do, I know, I don't believe, I know that for us to do anything substantial for the kingdom of God, we got to start putting some things in action. Can I I be real bold with you today? I love you. I'm just going to say some stuff today. So uh, it just is what it is. Please, please, please do not tell me you want this church to grow and you're not handing out invite cards. Never tell me that again. Please, please, please do not tell me that you love people and you haven't prayed for your neighbor in six weeks. Come on. Please, please, please do not tell me you haven't found anybody to connect with in this church and you're not a part of a life group, you don't serve, you show up late, and you leave early. Hey, guys, let's... Please don't tell me we want to reach a community and when we do an outreach or a prayer event, three people show up. Please don't. And here's why. Because talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Please don't tell me you want to grow with the Lord and you ain't opened your Bible in six months. Please don't tell me you want to get better than you were last year spiritually and you hadn't prayed in the last year. And the only thing you prayed about was what you wanted God to bring you. Guys, let's get real with this thing. I'm just going to teach it like I know how. Some of us, the baggage isn't what's happened to us because that's what we think. Some of us, it's the baggage that we've allowed to happen. We've sat back and said, it is your fault that I feel the way that I feel. It is your fault that I do the things that I do. It is your fault that these things happen to me and it's not their fault that you hold on to it. It's your fault that you grab it and you won't check it at the counter and let God burn it and feed somebody off of it. Come on, 2020 is either going to be good or it's going to be bad, but it ain't my decision, it's yours. You with me today? I know, I know, I know. Y'all are like, why are you getting so mad? Listen, this was a banner year for Radiate Church this year. Grew by 12%. We bought 18 acres of land. We're going to build a building. We started a house campus in Florence, South Carolina with 60 people at a Christmas in Florence service last weekend. We've got leaders stepping up, people coming into play, banner year. But if you think we're done, you've lost your ever-loving mind because the kingdom of God ain't done until Jesus runs this county. When he comes back, that's when we're done, and that's the only time that we're done. We won't stop. We won't slow down. It's only time to go. I just believe that if you want to see something different, you got to do something different. I can't complain about your heart when I hadn't even taken it to the Lord. Because maybe the problem isn't in your heart. Maybe it's mine. Are you with me today? I know, I know, I know. Y'all wanted to go into into 2020 going, man, man, that, that message made me feel good. It should. It should make us feel good. This ought to make us feel good because somebody needs to call us on our junk sometimes. I remember... One time, okay, I remember one time, sorry. I remember one time I was walking around. That was actually a few months ago. This is kind of embarrassing. You ever gone into a public restroom? This story's going out. of. Just stick with me for a minute. And you walk back out, and you got toilet paper on the shoe. You know what I'm talking about? And you don't know it. You don't walk around like this. Because when we're confident in the Lord, we hold our head up high and we pull our chest out and we walk around like we are anointed, appointed, and we got a purpose in this world. So I'm walking around like I'm the best thing. I got toilet paper on the bottom of my shoe. The person that was with me, they were like, hey, man, nice shoes. Thank you. I got a lot of shoes. I appreciate that. Yeah, you might want to get the toilet paper off the bottom, though. Oh. It's kind of embarrassing at times. But I needed somebody to tell me what I needed to get off of me so that I could walk around and not look like a fool. (laughs) Man, listen, we got too many people that will pump our ego and never call us on the carpet. We got too many people that'll look at us and go, you're doing everything perfect. I know that's not in the Bible and you shouldn't be doing that thing and you shouldn't be sleeping with that person out of wedlock and you shouldn't be drinking too much and you shouldn't be this. You should, I know, I know. Everybody's Everybody's got a demon in their closet. <laughs> Everybody struggles. Come on, let's get real. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right? Hey, that bitterness that you're holding on to, it's no big deal. Everybody struggles with something by God. It's going to be Okay. It's going to be all right. But where's the people that are spiritually mature enough to not get offended whenever God calls us through something to where we go, no, this is going to light a fire underneath me. And I'm sick and fed up with walking around in unbiblical ways because after all, everybody struggles with something. No. No. I'm not struggling with something. I'm walking in the kingdom of God. I'm not perfect, but by God, I'm redeemed. And because I'm redeemed, I'm walking with the one that redeemed me. And because of that, I'm anointed. And I got a purpose. And I'm going to walk this thing out. See, we got to burn some stuff. We got to sacrifice some things to get to where we need to go. What if Elisha never would have burned the plow, sacrificed the oxen, and did what he needed to do to go with Elijah? You think Elijah looked at him and said, oh, Elisha. God showed you me, uh, showed you to me. I found you, I put the mantle on you. You know what, Elisha? We're gonna look through the story. Elisha, Elijah never looked at him and said, You can do whatever you want to do, because after all, everybody struggles. No. Elijah called him on the car. You ain't gonna do that, my man. That's not how we operate. Not only is that not how we operate, that's not how the kingdom operates. And we will give every ounce of energy we've got to one thing and one thing only, and it's the expansion of the glory of God. That's what Elijah told Elisha over and over again. Go read the story, it's in there. It's in there. If you wanna move forward, if you wanna move forward, if you wanna move forward in your life, in your parenting, in your marriage, if you want to move forward in this church, if you want to move forward in this community, if you want to take ground in your heart, in your mind, in your struggles, and all these things, because struggles are fine. I'm, listen, some of you are going to walk out of here and say that I made fun of what you struggle with. I'm not. We do all struggle. Yeah. The problem isn't the struggle. The problem is giving in to it. That's right. And saying, well, that's just what I struggle with. How about don't just struggle with it? How about fight the thing? Yeah. And work through the process with it. It may take time. I get that. If you want to move forward in any of those ways, team, y'all come on up. priesting. If you want to move forward in any of those areas, here's the reality of what we got to do. we got to get rid of anything that could hold us back. We have to get rid of anything that could hold us back. And as I was thinking about that, I thought about, God, we all got purpose, and I'm not trying to earn anything. I'm just trying to walk in your your anointing. I'm trying to trying to walk the best way I know how. God, I'm, I'm imperfect. I'm messed up. I'm screwed up. I got it wrong. I'll continue to get it wrong. But God, how do we how do we walk this out? How do we how do we get rid of this stuff? How can we? It sounds good to preach a message about burning the plow and sacrificing the oxen and all this stuff. That sounds good, and it preaches good, and it works good, but. How do we do it? And here's the only way I know how. Be real honest. I got one thing for you today. I usually can come up with all kinds of stuff. I got one thing today, and this is the only way I know how to do it. Is we have to remember who Christ is. We have to remember that we don't earn His recognition through prayer and through worship. He recognized us through the cross. I I learn about Him and I talk to Him and I worship Him and I live my life for Christ, not because I need Him to look at me with a smile, but simply because He's already looked at me with a smile and He shed His blood and He gave His life so that you and I could walk into a new life of freedom, a new life of joy, and we could start fast and we could finish strong. The only way I know to burn an oxen, the only way I know to burn the past and get rid of what we need to get rid of is this. We have to remember who Christ is he is not Christ is not a get-out-of-jail-free card he is not a gumball machine Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and my Bible tells me that there shall be no other name above him and so divorce is not above the name of Jesus depression is not above the name of Jesus bitterness is not above the name of Jesus Uh, Addiction is not above the name of Jesus. I don't know what your your medicine's name is, but it's not above the name of Jesus. My medicine is Atenol. It is not above the name of Jesus. I may have to take pills for my heart, but I got a cross that has been in my heart that makes it whole no matter what a pill does. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because we all struggle, right? We all have our things. What do I need to sacrifice? Because I'm ready. I don't. I just got this thing, and I'm just so fed up with busting my tail to get where I need to go, and it seems like there's three steps back every two steps forward. You know what I'm talking about. When I remember who Jesus is, I don't pray out of obligation, I pray out of opportunity. I don't worship out of obligation, I worship out of love. I don't read out of obligation, I read out of love. I don't live my life out of obligation, I live my life out of love because he gave to me so that I could give to you and I could live my life for him. And so today, what I wanted us to do, and here's how this is gonna flow. We're going to do communion together. And as soon as that's over, I'm going to give an altar call. And I'm not just talking about, here's what we think about altar calls. Oh, this is where you go. And if you want to get saved, you come down to the front and embarrass yourself, whatever. No, today is an altar call of maybe there's some people that you need to pray the prayer of salvation. And there's going to be a group of people up here that'll pray that with you. But today's altar call is this. Anybody, That has anything that needs to be sacrificed from 2019, today's the day. And we will walk up here and hear me, the altar is not a place of weakness. By coming up here, you're not saying, I'm too weak to carry it, I'm this, I'm that. The altar is actually like going to the gym. It's a place of strength where you start lifting some weights that you can't lift on your own and in private. And now you got 200, 300, 400 people that are looking at you today going, I'll carry it with you. I'll pray with you because I believe in what God's doing here. And that's what we're going to do. And they're going to sing a worship song. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We'll take as much time as we need. And then we're going to dismiss and we're going to go change the world today. That's exactly how this is going to happen. So if you would, grab your little cup here. The top part peels off to expose the bread. Just be careful. Communion is a moment to where as believers... We have the opportunity we have the privilege, parents if you want your kids to partake just help them but where we have the opportunity to remember in honor the sacrifice the love and the person of Jesus Christ it's the privilege it's the opportunity to remember that Jesus loves you so much and he loves me so much that his body was broken and his blood was shed so that me and so that you could walk into eternal life with the Father. In Matthew chapter 26, we see the story of the Last Supper that begins to take place. I want you to remember that the body of Christ, the bread, if you'd hold that in your hand, the body of Christ, the Bible says that he was broken for our transgressions, that it was ripped apart for our iniquities that by his stripes we are healed and in Matthew chapter 26 and in verse 26 we're going to read this and then pray he said this he said while they were eating Jesus took some bread and after a blessing he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and said take and eat this is my body hang on a second I want to pray and I want to say that blessing father thank you for the broken body of Jesus. It is by your wounds that we have freedom. Our iniquities are healed, our sicknesses, our afterthoughts because of you. Thank you that we get to eat the body today in a symbolic manner to say I accept the brokenness of my Savior. Church, if you would take and break the bread and eat. And likewise we have a cup of juice that is symbolic of the the blood of Jesus that ran down the cross. The Bible says that it's by the blood of Christ that we are justified in the kingdom. It is by the blood of Jesus, Hebrews tells us that we can be a part of a kingdom that will never be shaken. It is by His blood that our blood can run clean. It is by His sacrifice. It is by His, the blood is symbolic of forgiveness, that His blood covers everything. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your blood. I thank you for the sacrifice of the cross. I thank you that you shed your blood for each and every one of us as the one pure spotless lamb that we can have eternal life with you. Matthew 26 and 27 and 28 says this, and when he had taken a cup and he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many For the forgiveness of sins. As you take and drink this in just a moment, understand this is the forgiveness of anything that could separate us from Him. Take and drink. Just put that on the chairs when you're done. We'll grab it in a moment. This time, thank you, Jesus, for who you are and your body and your blood thank you for loving us we give you all that we have and God in just a moment the altars are going to flood people from all over the room are going to get up and walk down the aisles and come down here for prayer and God I just pray that right now that as that happens that your spirit will begin to direct us towards specific things that need to be sacrificed from 2019 whatever it is what, however it hurts uncover it so that we can walk in a new level with you because i believe god that 2020 you want new levels of kingdom growth and momentum for us as a church as individuals as families and god by coming forth today we're saying we want that and we'll do whatever it takes we'll sacrifice whatever it takes at this moment if our if our prayer team would come down any leaders in the room any prayer team would come down to the front and as they're coming down if you're in the room and god spoke anything into your life and in your soul and said hey There's some things you need to sacrifice from 2019. It's time for a a new season. It's time for a new moment. If you would, get up out of your seat as the worship team begins to worship. Go go ahead and stand to your feet with me today. The worship team's gonna begin to sing a song called Holy Ground. If that's you and, and you need prayer and you gotta sacrifice some things, I encourage you, don't sit in the chair. Take a step forward towards your new destiny. Come on, church. Let's pray together. Let's worship together.